Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 17 to 21. Epistles of Apostle Paul to the believers in Philippi, chapter 3, verse 17 to 21. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Brethren, Join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. Verse 19, whose end is destruction? And whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven, oh hallelujah, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And shout a big amen to that. Oh, hallelujah. You may want to turn to your neighbor and say, I am a citizen of heaven. Say it with passion. I am a citizen of heaven. You may want to say one more time to Jesus. Indeed, I am a citizen of heaven. In Jesus' name. How many migrated, if you will, from that small country in the western part of Africa many, many, many years ago? One thing that used to really, really bug me and kind of really get on my nerve and sometimes even borderline angry is when you are having a conversation with someone and then two, three sentences down the line, they say, oh, wow, you have an accent. Where are you from? How many of you have experienced that? <laughs> Where are you from? And then you get confused, right? Because you, you want to say, I'm from Florida, I'm from Worcester. But then at the back of your head, you know where you're from. And so he used to kind of bug me a little bit. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Why do they so much concern and consume wanting to know where I'm from or where people are from? I thought America is a melting pot. This morning I'm talking about the essence of citizenship. The essence of citizenship. 
the essence of citizenship. What we just read is Apostle Paul, one of his epistles in prison, which there are a couple of them, as we all know. But this one, he was writing to the believers in Philippi. For a couple of reasons, he now is in house arrest and knows that this time might be the end. There are many times where the Lord will come and through miraculous means rescue him. But in this state, he discerned that this might be it. In other words, he may not come back again. He may not see the church members again. And therefore, the only route for him is to heaven. And therefore, he was writing to encourage the believers as to how they ought to behave and act just in case he did not show up. Number one, he wrote to encourage them that they do well in their walk with the Lord, standing strong, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. But amazingly, he also kind of wrote to them trying to demonstrate how God is turning his circumstances for his glory. This is a man who is imprisoned, knowing he's about to die, and he writes in Philippians, reading from the verse 1 all the way down, telling them about how God is using his imprisonment to advance the gospel. And he writes and says that even the palace guards are now listening to the gospel. If I was in Philippi, if I was in Corinth, if I was in Colossae, the tendency or the probability of a prison guard, and he talks about them as the elite guards in the palace, would have a minimal chance. Of listening to the gospel. But now that I'm in prison, God is turning my calamity around so that others could also listen and be saved. Oh, how awesome our God is. You may find yourself in a peculiar situation and you think, my God, why did you put me here? It is all for the glory of the Lord. And this morning, I want to encourage somebody in that regard. Lastly, he says, my imprisonment has also caused the abundance of the preaching of the gospel. <laughs> and then I like it when he says, I don't really care whether they preach it out of good motives or whether they preach it out of bad motives or whether they preach it out of envy of me. The most important thing is right now, right here, as I say it, the name of the Lord is being proclaimed. That was Paul in prison, knowing that his fate is death. And then in verse 121, Philippians 121, he makes a profound statement. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. <laughs> in other words, living for me is living for Christ, and dying for me is much better. Because it's gain to me. What kind of person speaks like that? What is it that Paul saw that we couldn't see? Or we are not saying. What is it that he discerned? What is it that he experienced in his difficult times? Knowing that death is what awaits him. And still saying that for me, if I live... It is because I have a purpose to live for Christ. But if by his will I die, it is gain to me. The essence 
of citizenship. How many of you remember the first time that you swore in as an American citizen? Those of you that were not born here. I want to cast your mind back a little bit. When you transition from no green card to green card, and then by the grace of God, you transition from green card to citizenship. Some of you, the joy was just indescribable. Because now you have rights. You could fight for that son of yours that has been waiting so long for 10 years at home. You could bring that wife back here. Above all, you could vote. And many of you, this was your first year of voting. The essence of citizenship. Why? Because legally you have been given some power and authority to exercise what citizens can exercise. But what if you don't know that you are a citizen? Or better still, what if you don't regard your citizenship and the essence thereof? Then you can stay home and not vote. Then you can stay here and not know that you have the right to fight for that brother, that sister, that uncle, whatever it is. Then you may not know that you even have rights as a citizen to apply for certain benefits that citizens get. But Paul knew who he was. His knowledge of the fact that I am here on earth, but boy, my citizenship is in heaven. And so by virtue of my existence here on earth, if it ends, I'm going home. Last night, those of you that were at the funeral, we heard the word of God. That says, God measures our existence not even by days, but by breath. By breath. What it means is when God created us, he filled our tank specifically how much breath you would need until you go back. Let us sink in a little bit. That's why the one-year-old could die and the 150-year-old also could die. Why? Because God measured their breath according to their purpose for this planet Earth. And so if you are 32, begin to think, Lord, help me to number my days or I will apply a heart of wisdom because I don't know how much my tank is. I have no clue. So that every morning when I wake up and my eyes are wide open, I'm able to breathe in and breathe out. I should lift my hands and say, thank you, Jesus, because you filled my tank a little bit more. But the amazing thing, according to this scripture, is even if that tank is empty, and the Lord says, you're done here on earth. There is the need for Christians and believers, those who are in Christ, whose names are written in the book of life, to recognize that our citizenship is in heaven. We may live here in Worcester, Holden, Shrewsbury. We may have buildings in Ghana, Accra, Jamaica, Nigeria. But that is your house. Your home is in heaven. Oh, how I pray that somebody gets this message. And so when Apostle Paul was writing and he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, he just wanted to elaborate to explain why he thinks that way. And hence, he comes to chapter 3. Now, know that Paul understands what citizenship really means. The description that scripture gives him is Paul of Tarsus. 
What it means is he was born in Tarsus, current-day Turkey. But because back in the days the Roman Empire ruled all Asia Minor by virtue of he being born into that system, not only was he a Jew by lineage, but he was also a born Roman. And so though when he goes to his people, they knew him as Hebrew of Hebrews, as he sometimes boasts a little bit about. Belonging to the tribe of Benjamin. Why? Because Benjamin brought in the first king of Israel. So he kind of boasts a little bit about it. He was proud of who he was as a Jew. But we also realize that in Acts, when he got himself into a little bit of trouble, where the mob had arrested him for preaching in the synagogue, and they brought him to the authorities, if you will. And then the commander says, flog him, scourge him, just beat this guy up. All of a sudden, he realized the essence and the authority that he has as a citizen of Rome. And so he looked at that command and says, go tell your boss. that is it lawful to scourge a Roman citizen without he being condemned? I'm talking about the essence of citizenship church. The man goes to his commander and tells him, boy, we are about to make a big mistake because that man there says he's a Roman citizen. And according to our law, we can't touch him until he's tried and pronounced guilty. And this is what happens. Turn with me, Acts 22, 25 to 29. Acts chapter 22, verse 25 to 29. Scripture says, and they bound him, talking about Paul, with thongs. And Paul said to the centurion who stood by him, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? And when the centurion heard this, he went and told his commander, saying, Take care what you do, for this man is Roman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 27. Then the commander himself came to him. Tell me, are you Roman? Paul says, Yes. And check 28 else. Check it out. Those of you that are immigrants would, would, would just, you know, relate to what this Roman soldier is saying. Verse 28. The commander says, with large sums I obtained the citizenship. Talking about his citizenship. He paid for it. Back in the days of Claudius and Periclodius, you could buy, purchase. Just like in our days, you could file for Naturalization, he could file for green card. He paid lump sums of money to get his citizenship. And then listen to what Paul says. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. What am I trying to point here? We belong to a citizenship that is not purchased. We didn't pay a dime for it. Oh, the songwriter says, born of the spirit washed in his blood. People who were not born according to the will of men, but according to the spirit. What it means is, I am a citizen not because I paid a dime for it, but I am born citizen. And my home is heaven. Church, I can't speak more, and I can't even overemphasize how important it is that every believer in Christ needs to understand and believe that this place is not our home. Because everything we do, what we say, how we appropriate life, 
is dependent on that knowledge. On that knowledge. I didn't buy my citizenship. I am a born citizen. Verse 29, scripture says, then immediately the commander left him because he knew he couldn't touch a citizen of Rome. If somebody can brag about being a citizen of Rome, if somebody can brag about being a citizen of the United States, you see how sometimes we brag about it. <laughs> if you've traveled outside the country and you're coming back, that's what even makes it more poignant. Because when you get there, they say U.S. citizens and then visitors, right? And then if you are a Ghanaian or Jamaican or Nigerian and you have been blessed to be a citizen of the U.S., <laughs> you look at those two signs and kind of boldly, ah, you walk through where the citizenship thing are, right? And you see the long line of those who are immigrants or visitors, very long line. But those who are citizens, preferential treatment. You go, you put your blue blood passport there, boom. The guy looks at you, oh, welcome, Mr. Badu. How was your trip? If you're a visitor, where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? Thank God that we have a home to go to. Oh, I said, thank God we have a home to go to. When this life is over, when my breath is cut short, I have a home. That when I get there, it's not where you're coming from. But it's like, welcome home. Oh, welcome home. I pray that that will be your welcome message. And not, <laughs> as somebody said at a funeral, Peter standing at the gate and says, where are you coming from? But I'd rather welcome home. This morning, Kofi has been received. Heaven is rejoicing. The pronouncement was, welcome home, soldier. Welcome home. Welcome home. Citizenship and its essence. Three things I want us to look at and then we will pray. In this text of Philippians chapter 3, Paul wanted us to know three things. One, citizens of heaven live by the heavenly code. Two, citizens of heaven push the agenda of heaven. And number three, citizens of heaven know their home is heaven. Let me repeat that since you write in. Number one, citizens of heaven live by the heavenly code. Number two, citizens of heaven push the agenda of heaven. In other words, they appropriate the agenda of heaven. Citizens of heaven know that their home is heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I pray that even as we go through these three points, the Lord will speak to us at our own level. Number one, citizens of heaven live by the heavenly code. In verse 17 to 19, it says, Brethren, join me in following my example and note those who walk us. We do as a pattern. That was, we are there for you as a pattern to follow. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame. Who set their minds on earthly things. 
But this morning, Paul wants us to know that citizens of heaven live by the heavenly code. What is he talking about? In other words, citizens of heaven must live by the set rules of heaven. Every kingdom have rules, regulations, statutes. This is how we do stuff. This is how we do things. This is how we roll. We used to make a joke that Ghanaians are a little bit shy and timid and humble. Nigerians are a little bit, hello? Any Nigerians in the house? Spicy and really, you know, spontaneous and really aggressive because they don't play. You tell a Ghanaian, we got to go do business. He says, hmm, let me go pray about it for today. You tell the Nigerian brother, let's go. He says, okay, let's go. What am I trying to say? Their identities, even with human citizenship descriptions. Talk to an American, he says, yep, we can do everything because we are Americans. You talk to certain countries, like, hmm, let's think about it first. If you belong to the kingdom of heaven, you roll, you walk, you live, you speak, you act according to the code of heaven. There's plenty of authority that God has given you to live by. But above all, there's plenty of things that he expects you to manifest. What are some of the things according to what Paul is talking about? Help me. Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things above and not on things on earth. You remember that the last part here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 19 says, people who set their minds, where? On earthly things. And he's warning against those whose minds and priorities and agenda are all based on earthly things. What I can get here, what I can move here, what I can cheat and get here, what I can maneuver and get here. The whole agenda in life 24-7 is right here. Because they forget where they come from or where they are going. But Colossians 3.2, St. Paul is telling us, set your mind. You and I need to always set our mind, our agenda, our purpose, our reasoning, our thinking, our way of doing things. Not on things on earth, but on things above. If that's the case and God is expecting me to do that, then there are two things that I want to discuss here. One, love God and love your fellow man. It's amazing yesterday, every and Friday, every tribute that came talked about Kofi loving God and loving his fellow man. Now, if this was your Sunday Thanksgiving service, and Pastor Carl was sitting here preaching, what would he be saying about you now that you are in heaven? Think about it. What would your friends and family and PRWC members and your co-workers be saying about you when you were here on earth on your temporary stay? And now abides faith, hope, love. These three things, but the greatest is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Citizens of heaven demonstrate love. They live by the love code. They live by the love code. First John 4, 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Sister, brother, get rid of that malice and hate and envy and all the covetousness that has filled your heart. Let it be out and let God fill you with love. Let it be filled with love. What that scripture says is, yes, 
Here on earth, we need faith because we need faith to please God. We need hope because we are hoping that the things that we call as not will come into being. But in heaven, you don't need faith. You don't need hope. What you need is love because you'll be standing right in front of the man who is love himself. Love one another. It's amazing that even in church, you are holding a grudge with that brother, that sister, that's lasted 10, 15, 20 years. You're sitting here at Kofi's Thanksgiving service, but I bet you when you saw that brother coming, you wanted to move somewhere. When are you going to repent? When you're in a casket? These should be lessons for us. Listen, I never had a chance to meet Kofi when he was in his active self. Unfortunately, poor me. But every three of the pastors that I spoke to, Pastor Potiphi, Pastor Asante Abua, Pastor Tebi, all say the same thing about him. Almost as if they called each other and said, when Pastor Carl called, tell him Kofi is this. The same thing. And that is, the guy loved God and he loved people. I was blessed to have an intimate time with him. I tell them, yeah, you guys knew him when he was active, but boy, I had some wonderful intimate time with him. I remember the first time that I went to the hospital, and some of you know we came one week, we were in a hotel, so we didn't get a chance to see anybody. And then Pastor Tibby was getting ready to go. He says, Pastor, I'm about to go, but I want you to meet this elder that is sick. So the first time I met Kofi was at the hospital in UMass, where the doctors were all talking gibberish. Absolute gibberish. We stood on our faith and said, no, it's not his time yet. I need to have some intimate time with this man. Took him to the nursing home. And then the first time I went to the hospital and says, Kofi, pastor is here. I'm sure he's thinking, he said, what kind of voice is this? Because I haven't heard this voice before, right? Because Pastor Tebi was just the one that was just his pastor. And then here comes some guy with some. Ugly, deep voice. And then a couple of times, every time I go, I say, Kofi Pastor is here. Pastor is here. And then when we brought him to the nursing home, now when I went and I say, Kofi Pastor is here, he opens his eyes. And then that first day, I was so joyous. And I'm like, Kofi, if you can hear me, just blink your eyes. And then he'll blink his eyes. I'm like, yeah, there we go. Now I'm connecting. Now I'm connecting. Now I'm connecting. And I, I'm sure he wished that he could just speak and tell me something. Tell me about what is going on, what he, he's experiencing, what he wants me to tell family, and so on and so forth. There are times where you go, and some of you have had the same experience. Those of you that had the privilege to go visit. And then you talk to him, and then you tell him, oh, the, every, the members of the church say hi. And then you start mentioning certain names that I think he recognizes, right? And then because he couldn't speak, he could see tears coming out of his eyes. The man loved God and he loved people. And so on this day of memorial service, if you can't learn anything at all as a believer, learn to love God and learn to love the person sitting next to you right here. Don't leave this church like ordinary. Yes, last week somebody died, we buried him, we went to memorial service. Last month somebody died, we went to memorial and we don't learn anything out of it. And you go home again and still go fight with our sister. So hold on to that grudge with our sister. 
Heavenly people live by heavenly code. In heaven, the only thing that reigns is love. And so if you are going home, you better start practicing love. Because you won't fit in when you get there. Everybody's going to look at you. Where did he come from? Why is he exhibiting all these characters and behaviors? Come on. Jesus, does he belong to us too? Tell your neighbor, I love you. Oh, tell him. Tell him with passion. I love you. See how awkward it sounds in some of you, your mouth. It's been a long time since you said it. It's been a long time. That is kingdom code. Let me keep going. Division number two. Citizens of heaven push the agenda of heaven. They push the agenda of heaven. What it means is as long as they are alive, their very existence is to make sure that the kingdom of God and its work is done. The kingdom of God and its work is done. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. I read quickly. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. Now all things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us a ministry of what? Reconciliation. That is, God has in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to who? Us. The word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. For that reason, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an ambassador of Christ. Oh, tell him. He doesn't know. He's not too sure. You know, tell him. Sis, bro, you're an ambassador of Christ. The fact is, if heaven is your home, <laughs> and Christ is seated on his throne, and you are just here on a temporary visa, <laughs> have you looked at your green card, somebody? What does it say? Resident alien. Did you check that? It's been a while since you looked at that. And even if you have naturalized as a U.S. citizen, there's a place that says place of birth. What does it say? Jamaica, Ghana, Nigeria. Ivory Coast, wherever you come from. They want to tell you where you're from. But in us, in our case, Jesus is not going to ask you where you come from. He knows that you belong there. And that is the reason why he's giving you the authority to be his ambassador. He's giving you the credentials. Your credentials have been renewed, activated. Not only do you have power, you have authority to go and speak the word of reconciliation. Everything that I heard about Kofi is this is the man who would always go and evangelize. And then he takes his little kids along with him. If we can't learn anything at all from this man, at least we could learn the fact that he loved God, he loved human beings, and for that reason, he played his role as an ambassador of Christ, preaching the word of reconciliation. In these end times, I pray that that spirit will be our portion. That we'll begin to speak the love of God to many, just like he did. Because your breath may be short. 
And who is an ambassador who does not appropriate kingdom business? Can you imagine if you're an ambassador of the United States and they place you in Jamaica and you go and you go do some Ghanaian stuff there? They'll pull you back. Why? They want you to do United States stuff in Jamaica. Heaven has made us ambassadors. Heaven is expecting us that we do heavenly stuff here on earth. And that is the message of reconciliation. That God is reconciling all men unto himself. So that when your visa is expired, when your credentials are revoked and God says, come home, you can say, Lord, I did the best I could. I acted as a true ambassador. We thank God for the life of Kofi and for what he did. Yes, he's a human being. He may have made lots of mistakes. Some of us wish that he could have turned things differently. Family probably thought he could have done something better. Church maybe think, oh, Kofi, you could have done X, Y, Z. That's all good. We learn lessons from it. But if we can say one thing, if there's only, only one to say, we can say that the guy was a good ambassador of Christ. And his purpose was that he would love men just as he loves God. Therefore, introduce the love of God unto many. Picking up people to church. <laughs> oh, glory be to the Lord. You are an ambassador of Christ. And so that second part that Paul wants us to know is heavenly citizens push the agenda of heavenly kingdom. I pray that this day moving forward, your passion will be to win souls. Your passion is to make sure that people are also getting their green cards and getting their naturalization and going to heaven. Oh, hello. Don't be like that uncle who got his green card and didn't want to file for anybody. Don't be that husband that got his green card and says, mm, forget about my wife. I'm going to marry somebody here in America. I hope I'm punching some bubbles in this house. That's your job as an ambassador of Christ. Finally, citizens of heaven know their home. And they know that their home is heaven. The verse 20 of Philippians 3 makes it clear. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body. That is, he would make it conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. We know where we are going. This world is not my home. Heaven is my home. Yes, it's true. As long as I'm here and as long as God grants me the grace and ability and knowledge and wisdom and opportunity to live here prosperously and to impact lives, that's what I do. But the fact of the matter is heaven is my home. Because of that, I watch what I do. I watch what I say. I watch my interactions with people. I make sure I'm appropriating heaven business so that when the time is up and I'm called home, I will be welcomed home and I'll be questioned what I was able to do while I was here. This morning, the Lord wants me to tell you the essence of citizenship. Not only do you have benefits, not only do you have rights, not only is he going to bless you and open doors for you while you're here on earth, not only is he going to protect you so that the hand of the enemy will never come close to you. Not only is he going to rage, if you will, or raise a standard against every plan of the enemy. But the fact of the matter is he's giving you authority based on responsibility. The essence 
of citizenship. Know who you are. Begin to appropriate kingdom business. And above all, know the heaven is your home. May the good Lord bless us. May he uplift us. May he change our mindset. May this death of Elder Padmo Kofi Edu bring a turning around in somebody's life. That you will take some lessons from his life and his death and begin to appropriate things well so that you are welcome home and your legacy is lasting for those of us that are still alive. At the end of it all, the name of the Lord will be glorified, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Be on your feet. Even as your eyes close, just meditate upon the word. The essence of your citizenship. I'm not talking about your citizenship here. Not where your house is, but where your home is. Not where you live, but where you finally going. Yes, Lord. Begin to open your mouth and bless the name of the Lord, somebody. We thank you, O God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, Lord, glory, Lord, glory, Lord, my son, We thank you, With countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. Who with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Now thank we all our God. Now thank we all our God. We
activate your love in us. Activate your love in us. That's our prayer. Anything that is not of you, malice, pain, envy, jealousness, anger, may you purge it out. Activate your love in me. For my breath is short. I want to live the rest of my life loving, loving. Up here, my family, begin to pray somebody. God through all our lives be near us whatever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us to keep us in his grace oh to keep us in his grace and guide us when we are perplexed how we pray for this family that God, may you guide them in this perplexion. Keep them in your grace. And free us from all ills in this world and the next. That's our prayer. Father, we lift this family unto you. In this time of perplexion, confusion, chaos, doubt questions plenty of them to ask you keep them in your grace and may you guide them oh god from all ills in this world and even the next may your plans concerning them oh lord begin to unfold for we know oh god that you are still with them Lift up your mouth and begin to pray for this family. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus. Our last prayer. 
May the Lord activate in you that job, that word, that ministry of reconciliation. That even as in the legacy of Kofi, we will learn that we are here to propose and to push and to appropriate kingdom business. That the Lord will fill our hearts with a zeal to win souls for him. At your workplaces, your campuses, at the grocery store, at your neighborhood, your community in which you live in. Because we are ambassadors of heaven. And we've been brought here for a purpose. Talk to the Lord for that grace, somebody. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O God, to show your love to many. Bring souls unto you. Turn many into citizens of heaven. In the name of Jesus, grant us the ability, the grace, activate in us, O God. And we'll be able to do this to your glory, O Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You may please have your seat. Who and still is ours to Mighty God, take all praise, O King of Kings. We thank you for this day and for your word. Thank you for reminding us of who we are and where our home is. For indeed, we are citizens of heaven. Our place is temporarily here. We just stay in here. But we are resident aliens. Citizenship is in heaven. Cause us, O oh God, to live like heavenly people. Cause us to behave like heavenly people. Cause us to push heavenly agenda. Cause us, O oh God, to know and never lose sight of the fact that heaven is our home. May you fill our hearts with love. The love, O oh God, that covers multitudes of hate covers multitude of anger and malice and envy. May he purge any ungodly thing out of us, that we will live our lives as heavenly people. We pray for this family, mighty God. May your grace be upon them, especially these young ones, O oh Lord. May they know that you, in fact, have their back. And the Father, you are ordering their steps into greatness. You are the father of the fatherless. Therefore, we know that whatever you have purpose concerning them would surely come to pass. We lift Akosia unto you. Praying, O oh God, for a divine touch. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Turn situations around, O oh God. That we will have a testimony, O oh Lord, that you are still with this family. You're not done with them yet. You're taking them from one level of grace to the other, one level of glory to the other. May it come to pass in the name of Jesus. Bring laughter, oh God, to their mouth. New joy in their heart. A step from heaven that would activate them, oh God, into goodness. 
I pray that, Father, they will be a mark of testimony. Years from now, men will point fingers at them and say, those are the educates. And see how far the Lord has brought them and see how the Lord has taken them. We prophesy that in the name of Jesus, that your name will be glorified even in this situation. We bless you. Lift your church up unto you. May we learn something from what we have experienced. And begin to live our lives all right. Help us to number our days. And we we'll apply a heart of wisdom. Knowing that we live by breath. And when that time is up, you call us home. We pray that we will be worthy of the breath that you gave us. And that you will tell us, welcome home. Good and faithful servant. Take control, oh God. And may your purposes and your will be established in your church and in the lives of your individual people. Maybe now and forevermore in Jesus' name. And the same started a big amen. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.